note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Hello kiddies, boils and ghouls. You know after a long day I like to take a tip from my friend Elmar. Take a long bath, meet a friend for a meal, be careful not to get too attached. You never know who is going to be on the menu. Tonight's putrid picture concerns a man in love who is so concerned with trying to find his next high he may just lose his mind. That is, if he can't find someone else's. We call this two-header brain damage. Quiet on the set. Deathly quiet. Welcome to a Just Ghoul Terror, a spook cast where we're on a scary adventure to watch horror movies the whole of Spooktober, the scariest month of the year. I am Boxing Hell Liam, Dead Laney, and with me is my assistant. Hello, I'm Olvera. <laughs> I was going to go with Jones O'Lantern. Oh, that's better, that's better than what I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Halloween special. <laughs> I've actually been watching a lot of Elvira stuff because obviously she's. Have you? Yeah, well, she's released a book, hasn't she? And yeah. I love I love Elvira. She's wicked. And they've uploaded. They've uploaded. There's loads of her like specials and shows on uh, Amazon Prime, so I've just been watching that because I think oh, that cool. she always like her covered um, like public domain films, didn't she, and stuff like that. So yeah. Like there's like Night of the Night of the Living Dead and stuff like that's so on there and stuff and you get to watch it with her kind of you know it's a bit like a bit MST3K or whatever you know kind of chatting a bit mm, over it okay. it's like little bits in between like of a little storyline of her kind of doing something I've I don't think I've ever seen her like actual show I know like her just because her image you know yeah yeah. More than anything else, but um, I don't. I mean, let's think let's put it out there. She still looks great to this day. I bet she does. She's in a seventies. Did we meet her? She looks amazing. No, Is there no chance we met her. No, we met like an English equivalent at a comic con okay. like about twenty years ago, or whatever. And she had a very similar name, but I've it had it was a Lenny or a, I don't know something like that. But she something. was like, I think if I'm correct, she was in a film called Razor Blade Smile. Which okay. I think had music from Cradle of Filth. Wow. And I've forgotten the director. He did some stuff on um, ABCs of Death. Did you see those? I did see those, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. no, he, he definitely didn't. I mean, oh, what's Razor Blade Smile. Jake West is the director of that. That's it, yeah. So if the you... lead was Eileen Daly? That's, that's her, yeah. She, we we her? met her at a Comic a Comic Con, yeah. And I think we got her autograph and we're like, who are you? <laughs> we got it anyway. <laughs> I can't quite believe you can remember that so well. Uh, yeah, I do. Because I remember the guy opposite drew us some Batman pictures as well. He worked for Bat. He worked on Batman. It wasn't Dave Taylor. He worked, he worked for on- Batman. Yeah, he he did another one. I think he did Judge Dredd and stuff like that, and The Crow. Oh, nice. I've got a really stupid memory. I can't remember anything important. I feel like <laughs> just stupid things like that I can remember. <laughs> It's fine. Speaking of Batman, though, guess what happened oh. this week, Ollie? Oh, you know, you know the that famous <laughs> meme of Randy Marsh from uh, South Park when he's sitting on the chair. Yes. After he's yes. climaxed. 
That was me on Saturday. <laughs> was it really Saturday? Was it that long ago? I think it was. No. The DC Fandom. Right, yeah, so you could probably say that the trailer's a bit edgelordy because it's kind yeah, of okay. a bit... I actually and kind I'm, of agree, yeah. And I'm, not, I'm normally against that kind of thing because I'd also say that Zack Snyder's films are kind of are in that vein as well. Yeah, but sure. I don't. I can't explain it, but I, I love the look of this film. It looks kind of like a mix between, like, say, Nolan's Grounded, but then also the fantastical elements of like the uh, Burton ones, kind of in a really cool mix. And I just think it looks okay. really cool, and it's oh, it, like quite unique, like compared to like what Marvel's delivering. No, not to diss on them too much, but like everything they do looks very similar and stuff. This just feels very different and very visceral. I liked um, I liked using Liverpool actually. Like I could spot yeah. like Liverpool architecture in it and, and um, Glasgow, isn't it? It's all, it's Glasgow, all Britain, yeah. which is cool. I like I did like that. I thought that was a good look for yeah, yeah. what I think Batman lives in kind of thing. I don't know. I I said my my takeaway of this film is it looks very like much like Batman. I'm not sure like anything else. I think Colin Farrell looks like he's having a fucking ball. That seems quite fun. I mean, um, you could probably look at that and show it to anyone, and they wouldn't know who it was. I mean, I mean, obviously yeah, they'd know yeah, it would yeah. be the penguin, but like, they wouldn't know what actor was underneath no. the makeup. Like, if we you look at the penguin, time. Danny DeVito penguin, everyone was like, "Yeah, it's Danny DeVito. You haven't done anything." <laughs> <laughs> but like, it looks fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I want it to be good. I want that. You know, that in the end of the day, I just want it to be good. So, well, yeah, I was, mean. Th- like I, I consider us very lucky that we got the the Nolan trilogy. I know some people are mixed on the third one. I'm, I'm a person that's warmed to that a lot more over the years, but it still doesn't have enough Batman in a Batman film for my life. Yeah, sure. I think I once, because I'm that sad, I kind of counted roughly how many minutes he's in costume in that film, <laughs> and it's it's something like eighteen minutes in like a three hour movie, which is sure. And apparently in this film, he's in the suit more than he's like in Bruce Wayne attire. attire. Okay. Because okay. it's a guy that's kind of, he's so obsessed with being Batman that he's, I mean, this is all rumor. I don't know if this is true. Yeah. And then there's also talk that there's another villain in it. That's like a, that we don't even know who's in it. Like a bigger well, kind like, of threat that's hidden. In the, a lot of the rumors are that it's, they're adapting Hush, isn't it? Like that. Oh, is it Hush? Coming out. Yeah. See, I heard it. I heard but, it was um, uh, Court of Owls. Okay, that'd be fun. Which, yeah, because Hush, I don't know. Did you see the animated Hush? No, I did not. I've, you yeah. know, last time I engaged with Hush was the comics. Like, that's yeah. like, which I mean, must be about 20 years old or something now. It's like ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's probably when we properly got back into comics around yeah. that time, I reckon. And I don't think that story's that. I don't think it was that good to begin with. It was just Jim Lee's artwork at the time. Everyone was like, I liked it. It doesn't mean it's the best story ever, but I I like a, I like a Batman story with a mystery, and that had a nice kind of mystery box element to it, which, and it had a bit like a, I think it brought people back to Batman loads because it had a bit of a, well, what do I call like it? Kind of went through the cast of characters. It kind of reintroduced you to all the kind of villains again. It was you know a big nice resetting point for Batman, and I think that's I think it did that really well. So, well, every issue, like, cover was, you either had, you know, you had all the Rose Gary on each cover, didn't you? So yeah. So you had him strangling Joker, then there's another one with Poison Ivy, like, got him, yeah. like, all... Poison Ivy, Clayface, and, like... Even Superman, you know. Yeah. 
I think that that's I think it did a really good job of just centralling Batman again after the kind of the nineties, you know, like No Man's Land and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but like but, I was saying, like um like, you know, the Nolan trilogy I thought was great. And yeah. then we got the Zack Snyder films, which um yeah, didn't didn't quite nail Batman in my opinion. <laughs> like I said, I kind of enjoyed Justice League, the last the the new version to a Same. point. But um, it doesn't feel ba- like Ben Affleck's been Batman for like I don't know how many fucking years it's been. Like, well, it, he got cast in two thousand thirteen or thirteen was it? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say it's eight been years. That long. So. And you know he keeps saying I'm not doing it, but yet he we know he's in the Flash. Yeah, as Batman. What do you think of that trailer, by the way? Seeing as we we're talking trailers, I didn't think much of the Flash one. I've got big issues with the Flash anyway. Like I was talking to a friend about this the other day. It's like I I hate. I hate what they did to Wally West so much and I hate how like he was I hate how any depiction of Barry post like Flashpoint is just like um Wally West basically. <laughs> and oh, just I could, see, like yeah. and like Barry isn't that. Barry's like the most clean cut, boring, mm. like most genius, most like you know, the most top of the class genius, square cut, like perfect icon to a point that you can't really have him alive because he's meant to be such like an like a kind of perfect human yeah he serves so much more being like a like a legacy a target as someone for wally to look up to than he actually serves alive and i just find it really weird to have like barry allen as a teenager in 2020 you know i just i'm like that's not barry allen barry allen's like a 40 year old man who was perfect and that's how he should be kind of so i just always get a bit annoyed with flash stuff because i'm like you you're diluting flash by not having it wally and having barry is like a dead person basically like like saying that what? him out racing death is one of the best things ever written in comics it, i think it's fucking <laughs> amazing like it's so fun genius and it actually did make me cry and comics don't always make me cry but it, like it did so not to say that there was some good writing i just think it dilutes the brand or something but yeah, Flashpoint animated uh, film wasn't too bad actually. It's one of the better mm. ones they've done. But that's quite old now. It's probably yeah, it is years yeah. old itself now. Anyway, but um, yeah, the tra- like I don't get what's going on with his costume in this. Yeah, one. and um, there seems to be two Ezra Miller flashes in it. So I'm I don't know if they're going to three leave maybe that one becomes a villain. I don't know if they'll do that. Yeah, like I, one becomes one I is Eobard or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I can imagine um, want to be a Zoom or Reverse Flash or something. Yeah. I, can, I don't know. I hope it's... Again, like, I fucking love The Flash. Like, I do. Yeah. I just want it to be good. Make Flash films and make them good. Like, you should have. You should be on your fifth Flash film now. <laughs> like, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Well, like, I, didn't I think can't believe like... it's just been just in this kind of stasis for fucking decades. Well, I didn't think he was that bad in the last... In the, the newer version of Justice League, going back to that. But again, mm. like you said, he's not Barry. He he doesn't come across as like Barry in my to me anyway. But uh, no, not to me either. No, it's just um, weird to me. Like, it's like you know when you watch the Green Lantern with Howard Jordan as Ryan Reynolds, you're like, you're not Howard Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <is that>? what? <laughs> you're just Ryan Reynolds. And I just think about this when I watch like Ezra Miller. I'm like, you're not Barry Allen. You're just like a Flash. Like, but. I don't know. I think that's my most, that's my nerdiest complaint 
about comics is that because I'm just really passionate about those Flash comics. So. What the trailers have been? I know. Well, there was a brief cut of Shazam, wasn't there? Black Adam. Oh yeah, that one looks pretty good, Shazam. Well, I, I really like the last well, one. No, well, no, sorry, so. there's two, isn't there? There's the Shazam sequel with Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, which I think looks awesome. I'm I'm down for that. Um, yeah, yeah. But like I said, like I loved the first Shazam. It was a nice. It was great. Of fresh air. Yeah. It's a shame. It does, well, I hope um, Mr. Mind's in it or Doctor. Me it? too. Mr. I hope, I hope Mr. Fucking Mind's in it. God, that was a nice I want to see Mr. Mines on the big screen so badly. But it looks like they've definitely injected more money into this one because everything yeah. looks a lot bigger than the first one. Because the first Helen one was Mirren quite contained, like wasn't fun. it? Yeah, she does, she does. And then, and then yeah. there was the Black Adam teaser, which I'm not yeah, sold s- on. Oh, yeah, you did actually see a sequence, didn't you, where he kind yeah. of like... Um, Him kind of waking up or engaging. something. Yeah, it didn't... I don't know, his costume looks weird. I don't know if I'm just... I can't get past The Rock being The Rock. I don't know. No. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Honestly, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I think I would have been up for it. Um, but now, uh, I can't think Rock can get past being The Rock. He doesn't do any character that's complicated or yeah. or villainous or anything. Like He just he just plays everything like The Rock, really. And then Black Adam is a very, very good very complicated character complex like, character yeah and they're really good character like when you talk about like like really well written and strong like comic book characters black adam is absolutely up there as one of the best you know so you better fucking bring it whatever you're doing it better not just be the rock in a black suit you know mm. and i've said this before and this is weird but i don't if black adam was like uh, i don't know how to say this Basically, it should be someone from the Middle East playing Black Adam. It should be like an Arab guy. It should be like someone from Egypt. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I think I it's that. weird to just cast a like a Polynesian guy, like a black Polynesian guy, because that's not the part of the world Black Adam's from. Quite strongly, not from that. Like, it's very tied to his identity that he's an Arab. Um, I just find it weird. And I, I like I don't know if the terms whitewashing or and I've heard literally heard no one else complain about this, but I just find it a bit odd. Again, it feels like casting from like fifteen years ago. I feel like if you're casting it now, you would be like, Well, he's from Egypt, let's cast someone from Egypt. If like, if I'm like from the comics though, they always draw him as a white guy normally, don't they? Probably. I, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know. I just find it weird. I just find, like, in this day and age when we're trying to do better with casting, I do find it a bit weird to just to cast, you know, any ethnic minority as another ethnic minority, I guess. To be fair, actually, looking at some images on Google, they do kind of draw him a bit different than a white guy. So, yeah, so you're right, I think. I think if this was, like, you know, if it was a Japanese character, they wouldn't be casting just anyone. (laughs) Mm. I think that's got some way that's got a bit more weight to it you know we've kind of woken up a little bit more to eastern asian characters but mm-hmm. i think when we're looking at south asian and, and middle eastern i think we've still got a bit way to go maybe to to actually understand that you can cast people from different places i mean his name's teth adam isn't it like yeah he's meant to be very egyptian but i don't because i, cause I don't think people like because adam just it sounds like just a regular dude doesn't it like the name sure <laughs> No, it is a Middle but, Eastern name. It's like, but, 
but not the only Adam that's coming out. You got Adam Warlock coming as well. Have you? Are they actually yeah. going to do that finally? Yeah. Um, oh, what's his it name? It was teased Will. at the end of um, two, wasn't it? Yeah, but they've cast him. It's the kid. Well, he's not a kid anymore. But he was in uh, <laughs> Son of Rambo, and he was is it, he was uh, Will something Will. Oh, Will Poulter. Poulter, yeah. I quite I like Will Poulter. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's been cast as. Um, oh, that's Adam that's Will. cool. That's cool. But yeah, speaking of uh, trailers, and as it's horror, did you see the horror trailer that was Home Sweet Home Alone? <laughs> yes, I did. You know I did. I sent it I to know. you. Yes, this but is, the audience don't want to you to this, our conversations. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. I think it's um, going to be a great um, film that's going to be a fantastic part of the home alone franchise that we all look forward to i look forward to my annual um viewing of all five movies and now i get to add a a sixth now to my um, marathon every year yep and can't wait can't wait to see buzz again (laughs) so do you reckon he's going to be in it do you think so yeah i think i my my bet would be that macaulay is going to play the is it it's not robards in the original is it like the old man marley yeah, is he gonna be, Macaulay will pay like around. the kind of creepy nice old man next door or something. The creepy forty-year-old man boy he's, next door. He's older than forty. No, he was, he turned forty this year or last year. Did he? Yeah. God. Do you not see all the memes going around going? Do you feel old? I'm forty now or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything. I don't remember what I did this morning. <laughs> but, um. But anyone out there, I actually genuinely love Home Alone. It's like, it's yeah, one you of do. my. I love the first Home Alone. Uh, the second one, a lot of people like the second one. I don't particularly like the second one at all, really. I um, had fond memories of it, then I watched it last Christmas, and it is not good. It's, it's so <laughs> obnoxious. Like, Kevin as a character is supposed to be a bit obnoxious, but it's yeah, dialed but to 11 in that film. And it, I think he's, he's so aware of his popularity as a. As a as himself as Macaulay Culkin, I think that kind of didn't help yeah. really. Um, and then the other trailer I thought we could talk about was uh, Resident Evil, whatever it's called, the new one. What's it called? Resident, <laughs> Resident Evil something. Has it got a tag? I, I thought it was just so. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon there's... City. That's it. Isn't that? I thought that was the title of the Netflix show. Because you know is there's it? a Resident Evil movie and Resident Evil Netflix show coming out at the same time. <laughs> oh. Um, it looks like the feature film is called Welcome to Raccoon City, I think. Uh, okay. I could be wrong. Is is the one coming to Netflix like a CGI one then or something? One of those awful looking CGI films. I thought it was live action. I thought it was a series. Oh, is though. it? Oh, okay. I thought it was um, a serial. Serial? Because we're in the fifties. <laughs> see, when when I heard about this film, I thought this was the Netflix one, but no, apparently this is like a cinema release, and it looks it is. fucking. It looks terrible. <laughs> and they're releasing it like, I don't know. Oh, maybe it is a CGI. The Infinite Darkness, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just looking. At, no, it is. I, I. They might be humans. They might be CG. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done a good job. Um, Resident Evil is such a weird thing. Like I love the games because they're 
fun games, but that's where it ends. Like when it trying to translate that to film, it's just oh, I don't, just, I don't, I am, I'm, I'm a bit of a defender of the W. S. Anderson ones. No, no, <laughs> like they're 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 insane, and I think that's kind of fun. But it doesn't, like, just because they're called Resident Evil doesn't mean I have to compare it to, like, the games, basically, because <laughs> they're not. They're, they're its own thing. Well, I mean, the, the the games are insane. The plots of those are so bad. Yeah, but that's um, the like, thing. I was thinking, like, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be more like the games. I'm like, I can tell you that nothing, the one thing I did not care about was the story. story, yeah. <laughs> it's just Evil. shooting zombies in the head is what you enjoy playing yeah. that game. For. Getting scared, turning a corner, running away, going shit, 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 <laughs> and trying to find a herb and a typewriter. That's like, that's my experience of Resident Evil. I couldn't give a shit about the intricacies of like the fucking Umbrella Corporation, but whatever the hell's going just, on. Like, turn the corner and there's of- some zombie dogs now and there's zombie plant and you got to kill the zombie plant. That's what I care about. But just in terms of those films, the Paul W.S. Anderson ones, I just I couldn't stand them. And I've seen them all. <laughs> well, actually, I haven't seen the last one, to be fair. But um, I think so, I've seen one and eight or something. <laughs> I think some of them literally just filmed in one set because the budget's that low. Like, like, there's one where... Have you seen the one where they're in, like, a white room and they have, like, a big, huge yes. martial art fight sequence? And you can That's tell it's shot That's the best thing I've ever seen on film. And the CGI and the effects are like, whoa. It's fucking, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Just look it up on YouTube, folks. It's it's incredible. It's the best. It's But they actually took shots directly from the video game as well. For those, <laughs> those fight scenes, yeah. The, the, um, the new trailer is that just constantly like, uh, do you remember this? Do you remember this? And it's like, you love liquors, don't you? Here's a liquor. Here's, oh, I forgot about liquors. <laughs> I forgot they were called liquors. <laughs> What oh, are the kind of that, gremlins you, called? What are they called again? When you played the second Hunters. one. Hunters. Hunters. That was the first one. But in the, there's the liquors in the second one. But it's like when you, you walk in, you just go, <laughs> you get into the PlayStation and you get into one room and you just, you walk past a window and like, it's only a few <laughs> seconds, but you see something scuttle past the window and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. See, and then you I turn can. around a corner and this fucking thing stabs you in the t- chest and it just goes... <laughs> You died, and you're like, oh shit. See the problem with the video. I like, I love video games. I play video games all the time, but like video games adaptations have a severe problem in the fact that I'm not playing the video game. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. And think it's, video- it, it really makes a difference. It really does make such a huge difference. And maybe one day they'll fucking nail it. I don't know. Maybe Chris Pratt is Mario, and we're all going to celebrate it. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems silly to me. It just seems like trying to make money I guess or something so ha- do you think Chris Pratt's going to do like a pizza face voice or something like is he, he gonna better like, is he going to go what are we oh. what let me he can't he can't just be Chris Pratt he's playing fucking Mario so he has what's the to point do getting, Mario but what's we the all point? know what Mario sounds like but what's the point getting Chris Pratt to do that when there is a <laughs> guy who know. does that voice and he's done it for years he is Mario yeah <laughs> literally has been Forever. I think I think that guy has been cast in the film as yeah he has. I think yeah. but that he seems like a kick in the face of it. He was like, I can imagine how sad he was when he found out that he wasn't Paris, but he was so excited. I don't think. And he I was like, think, 
Mamma mia. I don't think um, Charles Mar- um Is it Martinet or Martinet? It should be Martinet, surely. I don't think he's ever been sad in his life. Have you ever no. seen like, a picture of him? <laughs> he's the happiest, happiest man in the world. He does have very red, rosy cheeks, doesn't he? And every time we interview him, he just goes, he just loses it. You, you start going, "Hi, Charles, how are you?" And he's like, "Oh, pizza pie, pizza pie, I thought the pizza pie." <laughs> and it's like, you go off. That's why they couldn't cast him for Mario. He would never stick to the script. He'd be just going. Did you ever used to watch the the Mario shows when you were a kid, and it had live action actors as Mario and Luigi in between the cartoon bits? Yeah, I kind of remember them. I kind like I kind of remember them. I more no, I think I, I don't. I definitely saw some episodes of it when I was young, but I remember the cartoon better than Lou Albano, you know, because it used to be Lou as Mario in between. I don't really remember seeing that, but I remember watching the cartoon. Right. If that makes any sense. (laughs) There was one episode which had, you know, Maurice LaMarche, the famous, like, voiceover artist. He played Inspector Gadget in one of them. It was so odd. Talking of Inspector Gadget, the new in, the new Indiana Jones um, movie is apparently a time travel movie, which I think sounds fun. Time travel movie? So do you think they'll yeah, do apparently. some like um, Irishman style maybe shenanigans I, on? I would almost put money on a CGI Sean Connery being in it. Really? Do you reckon they'll? Do you think they'd do that? I don't know. I think they might. I can see it. Who knows? I think it'd be shit because I think there's CGI mon mon monastery monsters. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> well, it's weird, like bringing back characters like that who are dead. Like, have you seen the new International Ghostbusters trailer? No. And, um, there's definitely like an actor who's playing Egon in it. Oh, and Egon's a thousand percent in that movie. But I, I don't know if they've got an actor and they're just going to like hide his face, or if oh, they're going to actually do some fucking bullshit. It's going to be I a CGI hope, monstrosity, isn't it? I hope, no, I I think I don't think they'd do that unless they could do it properly. I think they've got to people will turn on them quite drastically if they mess that up. I think so. I don't think you'll actually see Egon's face as such. Oh, I bet you I do. Reckon... I bet. I bet you he does. I bet he's just a full ghost. <laughs> no, I reckon they'll have best his friends voice. with Muncher. I reckon they'll have like they'll get audio and kind of create his voice a bit like how they oh, do yeah, they'll do that. Definitely. Like. But I don't know if you'll see his face properly. But I, I, I definitely think you will. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. He's another guy I'm... like the Mario guy that if you ever see him like in interviews and that he's just always got a big huge beaming smile on his face he <laughs> going back to Charles Martin yeah yeah but now I'm talking about <laughs> Harold Ramis but um Harold Ramis talking of like because I watched um Halloween Kills and uh is any good no it's fucking awful it's <laughs> absolutely awful it's one of the worst films I've ever watched wow it's really really bad it's one it's, of the worst I've watched all the Halloweens like this year um, it's one of the worst of the Halloween films it may be it might be better than Resurrection but Resurrection does have um, Buster Rhymes <laughs> is that the one where it's like <laughs> it's like Buster Big Rhymes Brother or something and he's like a TV executive yes yeah, yeah. yeah it's and like they killed Jamie Lee Curtis in the first like second of the film 
Yeah, because these new ones are like, they act as if like two onwards didn't happen. Is that right? No, they happen as if one on one on there. Uh, they, yeah, they only classify one as the. Yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah, so these are all sequels to the first one. To this first film, which I didn't mind the f- Halloween 2018, to be honest. I thought it was all right. This one is just, it's just shitty. I've just, it feels like the director doesn't want to make horror. Um, but he must just, do because he's invested enough to, to do a trilogy of it. He's invested enough in the iconography of the fucking Carpenter film. That's what he's invested in. That's all they're using. Um, that's it. Like, it's a shame because I like him as a director normally. And like, Michael Myers doesn't even like move like Michael Myers. Michael Myers moves just like anyone in a mask. It just doesn't feel like fucking Michael Myers at all. But that's and weird because gets... in the first one, isn't he like played by like every like ah oh, you just put the mask on and just run over there and then like Wait, I think even John Carpenter wears it at some point. I don't know. Like so many people played him in the shape in the first one. The shape. Yeah, it was normally uh, Nick Castle, though, wasn't it? Like Nick yeah. Castle was the guy who's actually credited as the shape, and he, Nick Castle plays him in this at some key scenes, but a lot of it. Oh, really? Doesn't. Yeah, there's a big section where it's definitely that's Nick probably Castle. why he's an old man now, like that's forty odd years ago. Well, no, those scenes he's moving right. It's the scenes where it's not him. He, he just doesn't move like Michael Myers. He moves just like, like just a killer, just a standard slasher killer. It's it's weird to describe, but. Like it's just like the the quickness of his movement, the intent of his movement. It's just very not Michael Myers, and it just feels like that. And the whole film has this stupid political commentary on mob mentality and MAGA and shit. And I just I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> it's so it's so boring. So much of the film is dedicated to stuff that's nothing to do with anything. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is not the lead of this fucking film. It is bloody uh, Michael uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Like, is he in it? Yeah, he plays. He's playing Tommy, who's the kid that Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting in the first film. Didn't Paul Rudd so play him in one of them? Fucking obsessed with the first film. Like, didn't it? Didn't Paul Rudd play him as well? Tommy is he? Is Paul Rudd playing Tommy when he, he played? When, he played Tommy in one of them in like five or six. It's no, it's then, six that Paul Rudd's in. I just wasn't and then aware that he was playing. Apparently Tommy. they. Like, all I knew is that they wanted him back for this film, but he chose to do Ghostbusters instead. So they were well, going to cast him, but oh, I can imagine they're so fucking. It's just yeah, it's shit. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because they um they have um bloody Loomis in it. They have like they show scenes from Halloween one that you didn't see on screen. And they cast someone as Loomis as Donald Pleasant. Oh no, you can't. can't and they Donald they Pleasant. absolutely. It's not CGI though, it looks like it because the way it's being shot is with like a soft focus and it looks like CGI, but it's actually physical makeup. They got like prosthetics to make make someone look like um, Loomis, what? look like Donald Pleasant. And then they got his voice from a bit of an impression and probably well, that's some what audio I think they're somewhere. Gonna do with Howard Ramis it's thing. so fucking disrespectful and shitty. Oh. <laughs> like it's it's so, so shitty. And it's because they are trying to trick you into thinking Donald Pleasance is in this fucking film. He looks like him. He sounds like him. It's like Back to the Future too, you know. It's just <laughs> upside down George McFly. Yeah, I really didn't like it. I think it's really ethically wrong 
and it really took me out of it. Like fucking Donald Pleasance is a, Donald Pleasance should be credited in this, and he's not as well. Oh, okay. And, and they go out of it their way to make this guy look like him and sound like him. They didn't need to. All they needed to do to tell their story was actually shoot the back of someone who's bald and looks like Donald Pleasance and have like the the scene happen like around that but they spend so much time to get the fucking iconography of the fucking carpenter film on screen and that means you've got to have donald pleasance looking like donald pleasance like it's really really shitty really crappy filmmaking like it really got on my nerves <laughs> but and i love the halloween films i think that's why it got on my nerves like and this is so much more disrespectful than the zombie versions like like expect like halloween 2 by rob zombie is a good film and this is. I shit. didn't hate. I didn't hate the Rob Zombie ones actually. I um, I like half of the first film. I actually right. would have loved the first zombie film to be entirely based as Michael as a kid. I think mm. that would have been really fun to have the whole film to be leading up to him murdering his sister, and I loved that part of part of it. I didn't quite like it as much when it got to like the um the the kind of basically remaking Halloween. Halloween 2 is a fucking thing of its own. Rob Zombie did whatever he wanted to. He wasn't beholden to, like, some boring iconography from 30 years ago. He, and it's a really fun film that actually has something to say as well. Like, this is being like, I'm political, look at all my p- political things. And the Rob Zombie film's political in its own way, but it's not fucking wearing it like mm. a big fucking thing on its sleeve. Like Speaking of zombies, <laughs> did, <you moment>. see, <laughs> did you see Zombie's picture of his new monsters? Mmm. I did, yeah. It looks fucking weird. And of Who course knows he cast his be. wife. Say it again. Of course he cast his wife as... Oh, as yeah, of course. I <laughs> find it so funny that her, her surname is Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie. Sherry Moon Zombie. I, I look forward to that. Whatever Rob Zombie does, it's a Rob Zombie film, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's very much... I hope he's got a bit of money behind this though because his last couple of films like you know the three from is it three from hell and stuff like that they've all very yeah. felt very cheap I mean to be fair like his his films probably should feel cheap because they're meant to be kind of like, yeah they are yeah but like I think the monsters you need a little bit of money behind it because you're gonna get like compared to like I don't know you're gonna draw comparisons like yeah sure yeah, yeah. I get you I hope it's fun. But yeah, I used to love the monsters when I was a kid. I used to Me too. Them. I used to watch it quite a bit. Yeah. I used to watch it much more than Adam's Family. Does he? Um, have you watched anything else? I've watched loads of stuff, but we have been recording for like forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'll I'll quickly mention just two things I watched. Okay. Um, I finally watched uh, Green Knight. Okay, yeah, cool. Which I what thought was. I think if I watch it again, it will rise to great category. But at the moment, it's it's oh, yeah. at the very, 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 very good category. Sure. But I just think because I wasn't quite prepared of what the film was going to be. Mm. But I think now I know what it is. I think if I watch it again, I'll really uh, jive with it. And, I think um, it. I think it plays better in the cinema. If I'm yeah, honest. I wish I saw it in the cinema. To be honest, but yeah, I mean, it's just some of the like it, it uses a lot of light. It, it, there's not a great deal of special effects in it, but like I think the lighting is fantastic, and it just shows what a, a, an effect lighting can be as well. Yeah, and, that's um, true. Yeah, and that's like, all it is. There's some great shots as well. There's a lot of shots where the camera kind of goes around in a 360 arcing motion. Mm. I'm assuming that's to kind of reference like the the round table and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
It's got a fox character companion, which I'm always down for that. Fox yeah, I love the fox a lot. <laughs> and for a CG character, it's pretty pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And uh, I kind of like how it treats kind of like the mythological stuff in it. It's kind of, is it a bit hallucinogenic kind of thing, or is it really there? It's all, it's a bit kind of wishy-washy. But the actual yes. Green Knight is great as well, the way they kind of, he's like a practical, physical character yeah like character, you know, he's not yeah. he's not a cgi or anything like that and he's um i like how it's like a fable and it knows mm. it's a fable like it's not trying to tell you like the story of the green knight the real story this is the yeah, real yeah, king yeah. arthur bullshit i like how it's a fable and it's telling itself as a fable and i think that's that's really cool and and people should just do that more telling medieval stuff because that's what the stories are no one ever told a story about medieval times and pretended it was real you know back then Mm-hmm. It was all me- they all know they all know they were telling fables to each other. But yeah, Dev Patel's great as well. Thought he was really he good. And it's got the kid in it who uh you know, the Irish lad who's in yeah. um, Dunkirk and that. He's he's perfect for that kind of film, like you you know what I mean? And I think he's actually in the Batman as well. I think. He's uh he's gonna be everyone's favourite superhero this summer, isn't he? Playing Pingo. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's in Eternals, isn't he? What the fuck are the Eternals characters called? <laughs> I think he's called Pingu. It's got, I'm going to call Pingu. him Pingu. <laughs> he's not Kingo. Kingo is my favourite. Um, can't we even find it? Droog. Everyone likes Droog. Droog's <laughs> everyone's favourite superhero. All the kids will be getting Droog t-shirts this summer. This summer. It's out in like a week. <laughs> it's not <like> November. <laughs> are you looking forward to that or...? No, I don't give a shit. I hope I just <laughs> I really don't. I don't know why. I've never cared least less about a Marvel film, I have to say. But what's his name? Barry Barry Keen or Kewen 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 Kyogen. Kyogen. He's I in the Batman. I don't there. know. So we've got him to look forward to in that. Um, I also watched uh, a TV series called uh, Midnight Mass. I watched Netflix. Midnight Mass at all as well. Did you like it? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. I thought it was actually really quite good, to be honest. Yeah, I liked it. I, li- I liked it more than his other two shows, I have to say. Okay. I l- um, yeah. Yeah, I think I did too. I really... I have issues with it, and I just because I have issues watching TV. That's my own issue with it. I can't believe it took, like, two hours to get into like the story. Well, it, well, it took three or four episodes <laughs> to even re- find out what the... Th- the thing without spoiling it the thing is the yeah don't spoil the it thing. yeah but um the only thing i'll the- say is that like it literally for the first three episodes me and my housemate kept on going like why are they in makeup and we're like i don't know why are they all yeah, in makeup I was, is I- everyone in old people makeup why are all of them in old people makeup well, I <laughs> and that was out- literally the first like four episodes or something <laughs> i think it's is it mainly the 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 mother with dementia I think it's yeah, maybe sure. that one. I was like, there's something off about this character, and I kept looking at it. I was like, she was the one sh- most noticeable, but definitely like, the parents were as well, and like the priest. What do you mean, and- Henry Thomas and that? Yeah, yeah. They definitely put a bit of aging makeup on, but I don't think they were playing too much older than no than what they are. But um, but it was really distracting, and obviously then it becomes a plot point. But it was very distracting to us, like. Well, when you find out that the the mother, the elderly mother with dementia, is actually played by a twenty eight year old actress, you're like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> like, it was the hands. Like, yeah. she had a crinkly face and her hands were just, like, young. <laughs> do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of in, uh, Edward Scissorhands when um, when Ona Ryder plays the elderly version of herself telling the story. Of it, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's the same. And they they talk me like <laughs> good impression. But, but no, I th- I highly recommend it. I think um, you know it's he's he's definitely like one of those anthology filmmakers where he kind of reuses the same cast a lot. And yes, like yeah. I think even in uh, Doctor Sleep, like some of these people were in that as well. When they like Henry Henry Thomas was in it as well, playing the Jack Nicholson. What is it, Jack? Uh, Torrance, what's his name from sure. Shining? Yeah, he played that character, didn't he? Um, but yeah, um, those are good effects were good in it as well. I mean, it's not overly, it, but definitely the destruction in the latter few episodes, yeah, is quite impressive and stuff. It's worth um, watching. Although it, it does have a lot of scenes which, for me, there was too. It was too like monologue and I kind of it was so Stephen Kingy. And I kind of switch off a Stephen little bit. Stephen King of like t- TV, just yeah. like these monologues and these dialogue scenes going on for hours about like <laughs> life and death. And you're like, oh my god! Yeah. I'm like, okay, the the kind of okay. You could yeah, probably. I, I want to criticize it, but it's doing exactly what it wants to do. So who cares? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it's just like if if you edit those down, I reckon you could cut the episode tally down from seven to six, and I'm not even joking. easily. Yeah. yeah, easily. Just by just like editing scenes to be shorter. There's a lot of scenes that go on, and like even just like hang after like the end. The scenes ended and it's still there for a while. But like, there's a lot no- of that. I normally hate te- like how TV shows wrap up and stuff, but I I was actually felt I felt um, quite satisfied with the ending of this one. I think. Oh yeah, it works but- because it actually wraps it up self up. Yeah. Like, and it actually wants to because because endings are good. People yeah. things should have endings. Like, <laughs> sounds like a radical hot take. Things should end, and this has an ending, and that's good. That's my... I'll tell you what, though, the most shocking thing for me was I didn't realize the sheriff was the was the kind of the guy from the haunting of uh, what was it Blythe Manor. He was like the grounds, not groundskeeper. He was like the house. I don't know. He did like all like you know. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I didn't. Yeah, he was. I yeah. didn't. He seemed so different. I thought That's, he's pretty good though. Like he's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I really liked like, him. He can actually play different parts and all that. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no, I just thought he was very good. Should I do my two films? I've watched them. Go on then. Um, which one should I do first? I watched No Time to Die, which is um. A film about this, a film about this character who's like a British spy. Um, oh yeah, I've never heard of it. Um, he kind of works for MI6. He's got like a weird boss that's called M. <laughs> I don't know what this bit is. <laughs> uh, it's good. It is good. I hated Spectre and I liked this. My problem with Bond is like I'm kind of done with it being an ongoing story. I hope next time they shy away from that a little more. Because, like, I was watching this and they name characters from films from, like, 12 years ago. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, like, Casino Royale was 12 years ago, or even longer yeah. now, wasn't it? Yeah. And there's, um, I 15, didn't actually, remember. Sorry? It's like 15 years, isn't it? 15 years ago, yeah. I didn't remember that Leah, Leah, Leah Sado? Um, I didn't actually remember that she was Inspector. Like, 
which is quite embarrassing. But I really just ignore Spectre just dropped from my face, you know, from my head. I don't remember it at all. And there's this mystery. It's not a mystery. It was a mystery to me. I thought the film had a mystery about who her dad was. And her dad's like a, in like like Casino Royale or something. I don't know. Oh, is, like, is he? Um, or, or Quantum of Solace. Might be Quantum of Solace. I don't know. But he's in it like as a character. And I thought that this film was suggesting that her dad was Blofeld. <laughs> I was watching like the whole film going, her dad's going to be Blofeld. And then no. Like, and it's completely just because I don't remember as much as the lore they've decided for their films you know um i, I just don't, I don't remember if, it because the release of these films are far apart from each other i was just other gonna and, say is that that must be one of the biggest issues because like normally you think okay two or three years between films but it's normally like what four or five years between films yeah or even easily longer, and like wow and like, i don't I really watch them six years is, i like is, i watch them at the cinema and that's it i've only seen spectre once so yeah spectre was boring um it's crap if I remember as well, uh, Quantum of Solace is like probably half the length of what No Time to Die is. It was like, it was like yeah, it was just a, it was just a DLC for Casino Royale. <laughs> <laughs> and if I remember it was though, the I think film. I think that was filmed during the writer strike, so they could literally oh, only film what they had written, so they couldn't add anything extra to it. I think. I don't remember a second of that film. I remember it was Spectre. They kept on referring to characters in them, um, Quantum of Solace, and I just was like, I can't believe that you expect me to remember this like mm. i cannot believe you expect me to remember this stuff but um all i remember is, is I really enjoyed called it. strawberry fields um i really recommend it i really enjoyed it i think rami malik is awful <laughs> oh really <laughs> he's not good it, like he drains all like um just i don't know he drains scenes it's like he's a void i just don't like it at all like and I just I feel like everything he plays has the same quirks, which I guess is just Remy Malik. Do you think he's um, bought into his own hype a little bit? Maybe. Yeah. It's not I don't hate the guy. I just he's not good in this film. He's the worst part about it by far. Like. Um and one thing I couldn't uh, this will be spoilers. I don't really want to spoil it for anyone. The 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 interrelationship between the different characters I think is confusing to the point that I couldn't stop thinking about it basically mm-hmm. um, particularly when it comes to age differences like um, Remy Malik and Leah Sado have this very complicated backstory uh, that involves her as a child but it's played by Remy Malik as an adult and it's like oh, what but how how <laughs> and I couldn't stop thinking about it and this and it because you see her character as a child in this her being like 20 years younger than Daniel Craig. This is what I was going to say. Kind of exasperates that a little bit more. Well, he's like (laughs) Like, in his late 50s now, maybe. Yeah, yeah, mid 50s probably. So she's in her mid 30s. That's quite. Yeah, she's 35. Yeah, she's our age. Like, so. Yeah, I don't know. It just exasperated it for me, basically. And I just think that was a weird choice to make. Um, And I have the same issues I always have with Bond. They start. They start talking about the fact in this about the fact that like MI6 is not like a good thing. And then they just drop it at some point and it's all British imperialism and yay and you know and I'll have to call the Prime Minister and stuff. And I think like when you're watching it in the sixties and I have to call the Prime Minister sounds really like, you know, important. And then you're watching it now, it's like we'll have to call the Prime Minister and you're like, What Boris? 
snake. A con snake. <laughs> I know who the fucking Prime Minister is. I've got no respect for that character. You've Do you think Boris snake. is the Prime Minister within the world of Bond? Well, uh, they don't mention any of her name, so I have to presume that it is. Like, <laughs> he, he saved uh, Boris. I mean, sorry, um, Queen Elizabeth is canically the... Cana, 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 oh, lonely? yeah, in the, the Olympics. Queen, right. Yeah, he, they parachuted down into the Olympic Stadium together, didn't they? <laughs> and the ending of... Um, is it View to a Kill? Or for, no, For Your Eyes Only is Margaret Thatcher's in it, isn't she? <laughs> with, is she? With her husband. <laughs> She's cooking dinner at the end and, like, she gets a phone call from Bond. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And it's just, like, I know the Bond movies are, like, propaganda. You know, like, copaganda. I know they are that for, like, the British imperialism and the British government. I know they are. Um, and it still bothers me. Like, it gets on my nerves a, a little bit. And I, I know that's probably me being a bit too sensitive. I think, like, if Americans watch it, they won't give a shit. But I live here and I see the shit our government yeah. does. And it's sometimes then sitting down to watch a film, which was written by, you know, the institution, an Eton, Eton graduate, you know, and a landed gent. And it's directed by this huge family of, like, you know, like landowners and... I don't know, millionaires. Aren't they and, an American family, though? I don't know. The, um, the Broccolis. The Broccolis. Broccolis. <laughs> the Broccolis. Yeah. I, think I don't they're know. American, but... Are they? God, I, think I don't so. know. I thought they were British. Uh, let's have a look. But they're just, it's such like a. I don't know. It bothers me. I can't quite drop it from my head when I watch Bond, basically, is how much they're just kind of like defending the idea of Britain, like foreign, foreign kind of interference and stuff. And it's not the same when I watch like Mission Impossible, um, because you know IMF aren't real, but he right. literally works for MI6, and they keep showing me the MI6 building in London. You know, like it's very tied into to trying to be reality, and I think it. I don't know. It takes me out of the film. I've gone on a bit of a weird rant here about What was your um? <laughs> My second film. Oh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just before we get on, it says that um, Barbara Broccoli is a British and American, but I think they're she was born in America, so I assume they're an American family. Her father, uh, chubby her father was born in New York, in so um, no. So yeah, they're an American family. Chubby, chubby broccoli. Chubby. Um, the other film I watched was Pig. And ah, you told me this. this it's good. so good, and I I don't want to even say too much about it, but it's one of the best films of the year, if oh, not. Oh wow! It's fucking up there. Um, it's so good, and it's it's so not what I thought that film was going to be in any stretch of the imagination. I didn't understand what this film was going to be. Well, I think a lot and, uh, of people are saying that it's basically John Wick but with a pig, but I don't think that's the case. I it's it yeah sure it's that, but it's not. It's not anything like that. It's <laughs> that, and it's not like it's 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 the it's it's a revenge picture, but it completely does something different with that genre, um, in a way that I've never seen anyone do that before. Um, and it broke me. It touched me absolutely to my core. A lot of that is Nicholas. The lock of this works because Nicholas Cage is wonderful. Just like he's he's one of the best performances he's done. Um, he has a few monologues in this film that work because he's invested in it and that what makes the film work because uh, it's asking you to really go with the plot 
at some points, you know, and if you didn't have someone like Nick Cage in the centre of that, like centering that film, I think you'd have trouble going for it. And uh, yeah, it really, really works. I was so, I was absolutely shocked by it and absolutely blown away by it. I I've, couldn't recommend it more. I've got, I've got images of the film now, though, that Nick Cage is the one that's kidnapped and it's the pig <laughs> that's going to save him. And the pig is very cute and it's got a little snuffly nose and a little beard and that's very yeah, important. Yeah, but what you don't know is, though, he's, he's skilled in gun carter and all that kind of shit, though. It's so good. It, I... I I know people kept on telling me it's so good and I and I was like, yeah, I'll get around to it. And when I did, I, it, I was just like, wow, that is so good. <laughs> it's, it's can't say much more. I don't want to spoil anything about it because I knew nothing about this film apart from it was about Nick Cage's pig. Like, that's all I really knew. Um, and, the John, and the John Wick kind of... Is it like comparison. a truffle pig or anything like that? Or is it... Yeah, it's like, his truffle pig, yeah. He's a, he, he's a truffle hunter. Um, it's it's wonderful. I think you will love it as well because you you are a fellow Nick Cage fan. So. Well, yeah, like yeah, we're not one of those people who laugh at Nick Cage. Like we're we're, we're pro <laughs> Nick Cage. We're a pro Nick Cage podcast. I think even mm-hmm. when when we first like touted with ideas to do podcast, I was like, oh, we should do a podcast and call it Cage Match in every episode. <laughs> we and you just ignored me, so I thought, oh well, that's uh, gone by the wayside. But someone's done it since. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a there's a good book as well. Is there? It's come out about Nick Cage. Yeah, it's about all his stuff. Um, because of that book, I actually watched um, one of his like straight to straight to streaming, straight to DVD films. Um, and uh, I had such a good time with it. I had so, I thought it was really fun. And I've never heard anyone. Oh, do you mean this one? Uh, the trust. Oh, the trust. Yeah, so it's him and Elijah Wood. I was a couple of years ago, isn't it? I think. Yeah, a few years ago, about twenty sixteen or something like that. It's really, it's a great heist movie, and Nick Cage is wonderful in it, and it's got loads of twists and turns that I loved, and I had such a fun time with it. I think like I can't, you... can't imagine people watching that and being negative towards it. A really properly like mid range, you know, thriller that I wish people were doing more of. Frankly, if if you watch a Nick Cage straight to DVD film, you're gonna get a lot more out of it than say like a straight to DVD Bruce Willis movie or something. Oh, yeah. like he's actually yeah, gonna absolutely. like put effort and care into it because probably those straights, these straight to DVD movies that Nick Cage do are probably like just they're more indie films. Probably I, I assume. Yeah. I don't, don't want to. Not all of them. There's some bad yeah. ones, but like I don't yeah, know. Just... I think the only thing I've ever heard about Nick Cage is that he's he's committed when he takes a role and he prepares for it you know yeah he knows the character he knows what he's trying to do he he knows how much he's doing and he knows the script and he, it's not like bruce willis who helicopters in and on a on a close-up says all his lines and then helicopters out again i you kind know, of it's picture not... he's still got the wire attached to him they just frame it out of shot <laughs> and then as soon as he said his line he's just he's winched away he's winched up to the helicopter just flies <laughs> up again like that's not nick cage you're getting when you get nick cage you're getting him on your film and yeah. i think that's so important for like these like budding directors and people are making cheaper movies and trying to make stuff like I and I think that's wonderful that we have someone like Nick Cage who would do that well, and can, we like, can joke all about his financial issues or whatever but I don't think it's relevant well that's cool. got he, nothing to do with his acting has no, it no but like, I don't think it does at all like I can imagine if you're on set with Nick Cage and another actor when it comes to your close ups I can imagine he's there still feeding the lines Maybe, I assume because yeah. that still adds Maybe. to the point you've got to react to his performance whereas imagine like 
Sorry, Bruce, we're going to go back to you. But <laughs> Shit on Bruce when it's today. your close-up, I'm sorry, you're not getting Bruce Willis to give you feed you the dialogue. No, you know, no, so no chance. It's, you're not going to get that same kind of level of performance where each person's like lifting each other up and helping each other. You're not going to get that unless you're yeah. Wes Anderson or Ryan Johnson directing Bruce Willis. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. all right. Like one um, of the few people he'll give give any kind of shit yeah. for. I do think with Bruce Willis, you've just got to prove your worth to him, and once you've proven that, then he's probably on your side. I, I think that's probably the case. Maybe five years ago, but I think I don't. Nick, he doesn't. I don't think he tries in anything. I'll be interested. I've just done a title sequence for a Bruce Willis film, so I'm interested to actually see if it's any good. <laughs> Well, well, guys, well, um, what do you, why are we sitting here shitting on Bruce Willis if you've just done work for him? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worked for Bruce Willis. <laughs> kind of. Not really. Look, we've been recording for like four hours. And we That's fine. The All right, then. What are we talking about today, then, Liam? <laughs> like, because it's, as we in, as I introduced about three hours ago, it's You, Halloween I thought special. that was someone else. <laughs> Say it again. That was the Crypt Keeper, wasn't it? That wasn't. Oh yeah, as our special guest introduced um, three hours ago, uh, Mister Crypt, Mister Sea Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's our Halloween special because it's October, and that's the that's the month where the ghouls and goblins come out and make movies that are scary and something. Anyway, we we're doing because we're doing eighties films. We're doing a nice eighties exploitation horror film called Brain Damage. It's funny. One night you go to bed, and when you wake up, everything is different. Now Brian's acting a little peculiar. He's like a completely different person. I don't even know him anymore. Something's gotten into him. Sometimes everything glows with a different kind of light. Deep into him. What are you telling me? That we killed someone last night? Something bad. <laughs> something slimy. What are you doing? Something very... I know something's happened to you. Very... How is that? Hungry. <laughs> I can't keep killing people every time you're hungry. You are mine now, Brian. I own you. Gotta get out of here fast. Go where? You're a wreck, Brian. Leave me alone! If you want to stop hurting, you come to me. Brain damage. It will turn you inside out. Can you do an impression of Elmer? Oh, I was trying to think of who he sounds like. That I was... He sounds almost a bit like... Um... Is it John Austin? John. Uh, the one who he plays uh, Gomez in the original Adams Family TV series. He's just kind of got one of those him. classical horror kind of voices. I think he sounds like the guy in Monster Mash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, he's got, just got that typical hot, like fifties horror kind of yeah ghoulish voice. Which is because that's who he was, wasn't it? Frank was that his name? Have we started? He's, yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> I forgot. I'm just talking. <laughs> John Zakerl? Is that his yeah, name? That's, yeah, that's it. He wasn't John even, He wasn't credited on the film because it was like, you know, obviously he was in a guild or whatever, you know, like the A. What's, it, what's the 
Film Actors Guild or the Voice Actors Guild or whatever. And basically, they couldn't even announce for like many, many a year that he was even in the film. Really? Yeah, otherwise they would have got fined and he would have got fined. So, Oh, no way. So his name was kept out of it for ages. But apparently he loved doing it, though. I can imagine, because he was like you were talking about earlier about kind of like um, Vampira and Elvira and stuff like that. He was that kind of person, wasn't he, on TV? He would have his own like spooky horror TV show where he popped up to introduce the spooky film of the week or something. I mean, if you look at a picture for him, you'll know, you'll you'll have seen his image before. He almost yeah. looks a bit like who's the that zombie in Day of the Dead? Is it Bub or whatever? He looks kind of uh, almost like that kind of Bob. like a proper isn't it, is Bob? it Bob? Yeah, yeah. He does kind of yeah. Just he does that typical dark sunken eyes kind of yeah. And he's kind of made up to be a bit like a. It is like a zombie or something, isn't it? Like a corpse yeah. or something. It's hard to tell. It's just generally spooky. <laughs> so yeah, the guy that we're talking about, this actor, he's called what's it? John Zaki Zaka Zaka. We're terrible. I think it's Zaka Early. Zaka Early. I should look that up. John Zaka Early, and he is the voice of a animatronic character in Brain Dead called Ama A Elma 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 Elma. Elmer. Um, yeah, so to reset, today's film we're doing is Brain Dead, which came out in 1988, I think, and it was directed by Frank Hennelotter. Hennelotter? This th- I'm right. just winning today, aren't I, with names? <laughs> um, and uh, this this film is it's like genre of like exploitation kind of horror films basically that was coming out in this time period and like and and frank hennelotter is like a, like a king of, of like exploitation horror basically so this was his second film um after he made the first film basket case which i'm sure we'll talk about for a bit but the story of brain damage is uh god it's not difficult it's, it's basically difficult. a guy basically a guy uh well, no, this parasite finds this guy and basically yeah. uses him as like a, a vessel. Well, not a vessel as such, but a way to kind of live off, you know, Feed. attack humans to eat their brains. And, yeah. and by doing so, he kind of has kind of like created like a an implant or like a hole in the base of this guy's neck that he kind of induces a drug. And it becomes yeah. this kind of like... Um, it's almost a bit like Faust, isn't it? Like this kind of deal with the <laughs> devil where like, you know, you do this for me and I'll do this for you kind of scenario. Yeah, it's uh, a fun playoff. So like, yeah, yeah, so do you have, yeah, you have this normal average guy who lives in New York and the same apartment building as him is this older couple that keep this slug brain creature in like the no, bathtub. No, slug, it, it, it full on looks like a dick. It looks like a dick. Well, yeah. Though. <laughs> it's meant to be. It's even got veins and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's got a big pulsating external brain. That's a big yeah. like character little, of it. Little doll eyes. <laughs> wonderful. <look> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful beaming little eyes, which <laughs> I think Elmar is one of the cutest characters oh, yeah, ever it looks to adorable. exist. <laughs> it's so good. I was so obsessed with him in this film. I was like, I want more. Um and yeah, so it's really simple. One, this guy's this guy's sick. He's laying in bed. This slug creature finds him, um, connects to him, and in order to kind of eat other people's brains, he keeps feeding uh, 
this guy Brian, I think his name is. <laughs> is um, yeah, Brian. Um, uh, keeps feeding him more drugs, and it ruins his life basically. And that's that's it, and we're done. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. See, you later. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> it's a. I couldn't. I don't know. I I. I I really enjoyed this film. I really Me too. really liked it. I absolutely loved every second of this <laughs> it's film. It's so much fun. <laughs> like it, one, it was eighty-five minutes or eighty-six. Yes. Minutes. Apparently, <laughs> the original cut of the film was sixty-five minutes, so they actually had what? to make it longer. Which is like, like most films, the the first cuts are usually like several hours mm. long. Yeah. <laughs> This they actually had they to added. find more footage just to lengthen it out a bit. To yeah. add it out. But apparently it was very heavily cut in America. Like there's some scenes yeah, it in it which are quite full on, which we'll get to later on. But um that the NBA yeah, they... like cut like chopped down and apparently the, the the company that distributed it as well, like they cut more out of it so it got really heavily cut. In the Europe yeah. though, apparently what it was remained uncut, apparently. And I think it was okay. one of the first instances where they actually filmed stuff specifically just for the video release because videos aren't um especially in america anyway they're not rated they're not into the same yeah, rating yeah, 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 things yeah. so you can actually have more horrible shit in a video than you would in a feature film so there was stuff just shot specifically for that and i mean that's this guy's case like this guy makes exploitation films he loves making exploitation films he's really like big on that he loves talking about how like exploitation is the real hollywood and it's the real way to make films because there's no barriers and whatever like he's he's a big like proponent of that kind of industry and um he made his name on basket case which is one of those just iconic kind of video nasties it's it's one of those like that will always be on the shelves you know posters of and horror conventions and stuff like that it's it's one of those huge huge video nasties which if you haven't seen basket case it's it's basically this guy's this guy has one of those um, twin, like that does like conjoined twins, and he keeps him in a basket, a wicker basket that he carries around with him at all times. And this like a uh, little conjoined twin likes to eat people. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's pretty. There's much like it. a. Do you remember the X Files episode that was a bit like that as well? Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, yeah, it's it's a classic. Whatever, yeah, he's got that kind of like. Uh, the Fiji mermaid that's kind of a yeah that's like it yeah twin that can somehow detach itself and it's trying to find a new like he ha- he basically hates his brother so he's trying to find a new like sibling to attach himself on new sibling to attach into killing yeah. people but yeah um, the director he also did like um, Frankenhooker yes uh, he did like several other um, basket case films and he did another one called Bad Biology where it's um uh these two sexually unfulfilled people are drawn to each other because they've got mutilated mutated genitalia so it just kind of sums up what kind of filmmaker he is but I don't think he's a bad filmmaker by any stretch like he's actually good at what he does oh absolutely this I thought this film was wonderfully made like yeah. it it was really cheap um it was and some of the acting really took some <laughs> took some kind of yeah I think the girlfriends the girlfriend and the brother are particularly very bad oh I think the worst one for me was um uh the neighbor who is it Theo Barnes is it Morris the neighbor yeah what, the old guy yeah the old guy <laughs> I just, they, they, like he had 
he had so much exposition to deliver at all points and at some point I was like you can't handle this I'm sorry <laughs> you could tell that like they were there were some cuts just to let him like like stop talking <laughs> what about the guy in the shower who's like just lathering himself up <laughs> so that, that scene is amazing <laughs> of everything about that scene <laughs> And like, but the standout in this, it doesn't matter. All that doesn't matter. The standout in this is that the main character is Elmar, <laughs> who is a slug penis character. <laughs> and he has a tiny little face <laughs> and he has a tiny little brain. <laughs> and he looks, he, everyone should own an Elmar toy. Oh, I don't know why that isn't, <laughs> I don't know why that isn't the biggest selling horror toy of all time. I can't believe how cute he looks, and it's definitely right. they did it on purpose. Like going back to Akira, and we were saying we want like mutated baby plushies. Aim a plushie, come on! <laughs> you know it has to have a mouth that can open though, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that mouth opens up, and all those it has like millions of little teeth, and then the little yeah. proboscis comes out to like it spray <laughs> you with his um hallucinogenic drugs yeah. and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> I just loved it. And it, the animation on him is so good. And it's, I mean, you'll be able to talk to it better than I, I will. But, like, mainly puppetry, I think, really, for most of it. Well, yeah, they um, built several. Bit... So there was, like, massive, there's big ones that were made for, like, his mouth opening up and stuff like that. Then there was smaller ones that are kind of, like, just animatronic, so he moves back and forth. There's one where, actually, yeah. the mouth movement's quite good. And, like, it's kind of this little mouth opening up and down. Um, there's others which um, are actually stop motion. Yeah, I mean, there was some of definitely those some more, scenes with stop motion. Yeah, they're a bit more obvious. Um, probably not that great, but I still like it. It's still like a nice little fun touch to it because you know you don't see those in films anymore. And uh, no, I just found it delight. I don't know. I just found it delightful. I just like the oh, every time they they cut the to ambition. him because it was this physical thing in the movie. I just found yeah. it delightful. I just loved it, you know, like because it was there. <laughs> I like it when filmmakers who they've probably got aspirations to make a film that's bigger or should be more expensive, but they do their best to do everything that's on the page to please the director or whatever. Yeah. And while it doesn't necessarily all come off great, but it's definitely got. You can tell people had a lot of fun making this film, and they wanted to do yeah. their best. So, with what means they had, they made the best film they could possibly make. I mean, there's some like, like at the beginning when um, uh, Brian's kind of like, he's first being like drugged, which you don't know what's drugging him at, the, at this point. I think. No, um, not really. Like, his, no. his room starts flooding with this like blue liquid. Blue liquid, yeah. And there's like one match shot where you see the water rising beside him. Yeah. But you can just tell it's like badly like cut out, and it's like they haven't actually flooded the room. It's just like a weird like overlaid effects and stuff like that but you kind of just go with it but um, yeah i thought it looked good <laughs> that shot didn't no when the water's actually pouring the room it's fine but it's when it's like yeah. a wide shot of him in the bed and you see the waters to the side of him it, it's a bit naff but, um <laughs> but like but you see like basically this um i mean the whole film is kind of basically don't do drugs kids it's bad because like well like, you I see think... what this elderly couple are like they they're basically Instead of like, because uh, obviously Aimer wants human brains, but what they've been doing is feeding him animal brains and then using him to kind of get high, basically. Yeah. And then he obviously just disappears one day. I don't know how he gets out or whatever, but they keep him in the bathtub. And um, you see them with redraw- with going through withdrawals. Well, they're looking, <laughs> it's almost like finders keepers because they're looking for him in the house. 
Oh, that <laughs> scene when they're looking for in the house is so fucking funny to me. Like that was <laughs> you could just that's that was one of the things the I'm like these guys aren't good actors because they weren't looking for anything. They were just basically <laughs> throwing furniture around the yeah. house. That's what like, it's like, like just keepers. They were just looking for the clue <laughs> to go to I'm the like, next you need, room. Guys, you're meant to be searching for something, <laughs> not just like throwing chairs around. <laughs> but I like that overhead shot though, where they're like frothing at the mouth, and they've just got yeah, you just got an alka seltzer in their mouth. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, I would defend its anti-drug thing a little bit. I think Jesus. compared to most stuff made in the eighties, when eighties that big era of like war on drugs starting and like just say no and uh, all those kind of really rubbish campaigns on drugs and really demonising it in the press. I think this does two things which I kind of liked. Not to overly praise the film. It's not like it's the uh, like an incredible, incredible kind of like thesis on like drug abuse but like it does two things that that one is like that just say no is stupid like it clearly makes it that brian can't just stop himself like and i did like that about it 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 does very much say that like you an addiction is an addiction and i did think that was quite good and the second one is that like it does show like the kind of impact of drugs in a way that's not just the physical withdrawal stuff like I think in the way that he becomes alienated from his like um, girlfriend and his brother maybe flatmate um, is actually quite good to the point of when like you know later in the film when his girlfriend sleeps with his brother he barely can react to it because his life is not about that anymore it's about like getting high um and I did think that was quite good. Again, well, they, not to overly praise it, well, but they that's kind of, I good. Think like, from what basically they should, the first time he gets high and he's like walking the streets and he's like walks past the uh, junkyard. And he's yeah, like, it's a bit like, like Spider Man Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's like attracted by the bright lights that he sees, like shining mm. off these cars and stuff. Like that's the first time he's ever tried the drug. It's like you know, you first like, try coke, or whatever. It's like probably the best time you'll ever try it. And then every time you're trying to, after that is like you're trying to recapture that first Just top up, but you you can't. Do you know what I mean? And um, but um, so yeah, that's basically the first. Does that has it? So yeah, at that point, like so, Brian's kind of woken up and he's found Aimer on him. Is that right? Or he's no, he hears him talking, doesn't he? It's like yeah, it's he first finds a ton of blood. That's he wakes up and there's loads of blood all over his pillow and on the back of his neck um, and he's hearing a voice and I think is Elmar meant to be in him at that point or something? No I I don't think he it might like when I first um, found out about this film when we decided because James our friend he suggested because he wants to watch it but sadly James um, uh, well not sadly I mean it's a good thing he went to hospital and he's um, uh he won't mind me talking about it, but he, he basically got a new kidney the other day, and he's doing really well now. So, good on you, James. <laughs> yeah, Thanks for introducing us to this film. I uh, hope you enjoy it when yeah, you watch I... it. I don't. This this may sound really bad, but I don't mean it to sound bad at all. But this hundred percent feels like a film that James would have made himself. Okay. It, yeah. This this feels like a, a James Rayner Untamed Aggression production. Mm. Like down from the humour, the lighting, even the music, the kind of like the synthy kind of stuff, yeah. which I really did quite like, and it kind of reminded me a bit of the um, 
of like Reanimator and stuff like that. Actually, if you listen to Reanimator, the music in that is pretty much psycho. It's <laughs> such a bright ripoff. But anyway, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, I watched Reanimator the other week, and it is. And it, I kept yeah. on being like, "How did they get away with just doing Psycho?" <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but um, yeah, um, yeah, James. If they ever do remake it, try and get on it because I think uh, I think you do a good job at remaking Brain Damage. Son of Elmar. That's what we can do. Son of Elmar. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Wish James um, was here to talk with us, but like, yeah, this. But, but when I saw the film. poster, I assumed it was this thing, that, like a bit like Venom, like this thing kind of came out, comes out the back of his neck or something, and then goes back inside. But I was going to say this is the best Venom film. I've seen. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think honest. I think what it does, I think it just suctions onto his back or whatever. Yeah, it it's something kind of like is, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's he basically made. He's he's attached him because there's that hole in the back of his neck. Is the way that's the way he gets the drugs, drugs and he's yeah. somehow kind of burrowed his way in or made that kind of little yeah. hole at that point and he just wakes up covered in blood and um and then he wakes up he kind of starts having like epileptic like flashes um and he gets really weak and he falls back asleep and then when he wakes up again all the blood is dried and his tor- torso starts like um like morphing and moving and stuff and then a tentacle appears like at the base of his neck really and then mm-hmm. a tiny little weird exposed brain then goes, Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. It's the per- <laughs> most perfect voice you want from, from this It's so good. I, if you'd asked me, like, if you told me to do, like, 20 guesses of what his voice is going to sound like, I probably wouldn't have got there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would but have I thought about it, so many other think, things. But I think that's the thing. He's meant to disarm you because he's meant to seem really nice yeah. and, like, a, a guy you'd want to hang out with. But then you kind of, like, later on, like, there's a scene when you really find out... Like there's drug like, dealers. They think they're nice and cool, Ollie, exactly, and then they yeah. turn out to be using you to eat like, brains. But when they go to the hotel and stuff, you you see, you realise what a shit he is. Ah. <laughs> uh, fucking scene in the hotel when he's dancing to his own little song it's the fucking <laughs> best scene in ever <laughs> you need to pl- put some Elmar song in here now because I can't Does remember it? what it sounds like but... why are the stars always winking and blinking above what makes a fella start thinking of falling in love it's not the season the reason is plain as a moon it's just Elmer's tune. What makes a lady of A go out on the loose? Why does a gander meander in search of a goose? What puts the kick in a chicken, the magic in June? It's just Elmer's tune. But in that early, um, that earlier sequence when he's kind of like first like reacting to the drugs and that there's a great scene where he's like looking up at the ceiling and he's like looking at yeah. the light and it's kind of turning into an eyeball and things like that and then yeah the liquid starts pouring out the blue juice and stuff like that yeah because it keeps cutting to this blue juice pouring into like this brain like, yeah. like, like that shot and like and basically goes like drawing electrical sparks on the brain and stuff like that like, yeah and he goes, if you if you deal if you I can't do his voice, I really want to do it. If you <laughs> if you feed me, then you'll have a life free from worry, and all will be good in your world. And Brian's like, that sounds good. I like like an idea of a life free from worry. So he lets him do his little puppet 
spray <laughs> of injection into yeah, his Yeah, because, I mean, you, d- you don't really know much about Brian at all, really, though. I mean, you don't. You just know no. he's got a brother and a girlfriend, and he's got like a, a slayer. And then he had the flu or something. Yeah, like that's his three character thing. points. Yeah, <laughs> like you, I don't think you ever see him with his girlfriend. No, uh, like no. prior to the you only fight because she comes around going, "Oh, we're gonna go to the concert," and he's like, oh, "I don't feel well. Go with my brother." And I've then got a you kind of then brother, kind of yeah. find out you kind of sense that the brother likes his girlfriend. Yeah, and stuff like that, and. Um, and did you but it also like like Brian's clearly like pushing her away all the time anyway. Yeah, as well. So, but Brian's also got like a a cut on his lip, like a scar. And I was thinking that was an odd choice to cast a person who's got like a like a chip, got chap lips or whatever. But apparently, um, <laughs> the director show like purposely wanted like him to have a little scar to make him look vulnerable. Huh. But when, but also when I was trying to research, there was another thing they were saying that there was a deleted scene. I'm not sure if they even filmed it or if they filmed it and they cut it. And it was basically a fight scene happened with between Brian's brother and another character, and uh, Brian steps in to kind of you know stop the fight and gets punched and splits his lip. But then when I was watching the making of, they don't mention that in the slightest, and they just talk about him being vulnerable because he's got this kind of split lip. So I was like, don't know. Oh, weird. You know what I I caught that kind of split lip I didn't mm. really think about it at all I just I honestly just saw it as like I don't know that's what people look like now and again I guess yeah I guess if so. that makes any sense like just made him seem more normal I guess to me mm. there is that because the first kill he goes to the junkyard and the security guard approaches him yeah. um and uh, you you know something bad's going down, but you don't quite know what's going to happen. And Brian is just wigging out on like the lights of the junkyard and just loving life. I mean, it just looks then, like Predator Vision, doesn't it? Like everything's like glowing green and yeah. and stuff like that. Like heat then, vision almost, isn't it? Elmar just like detaches from Brian and just jumps at the security guard and starts <laughs> burrowing into his fucking head. Like, it's so good. It's so funny. And like the security guard just screaming and this little like wormy thing just kind of like wriggling all about on his skull, like eating away at his brain. Oh, brilliant. I can't praise this film enough. And uh, and then like, I just, uh, I just love, the, I love the brain eating of the puppet parasite. And then as soon as he's finished, um, Brian goes, is like he a- okay? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's a bit underdone. <laughs> like, and the film is full of these like little one-liners, which I think are so fucking funny. Uh, the one later on, on when, when he go on, yeah, when the the girl in the rock club, pretty well, she she yeah, basically yeah. gives Aimer a blowjob. Like he's like <laughs> giving all to this like weird puppet thing, and like he gives a line like later on, going, "What, what does he say?" Oh God. There's two. There's one that goes, I sucked her brains out through her mouth. And yeah, Brian goes, one. Is she dead? <laughs> <laughs> Which really made me laugh. And the other one is like, um, look, if there's blood in my pants, I want to know how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Brilliant. I love the scene though where he's he's basically just having fun with Aimer in the bath. I think this is after yeah. the first kill. <laughs> just like he's like put, he somehow installed loads of locks on all the doors. Yeah. Like multiple locks. And he's like got like um, buckets in his bedroom so he can like have fun times without Aimer in his bedroom. But, um, <laughs> but his brother walks in on them in the bathtub, which is very bizarre. 
There's a, a because he's basically his brother and his girlfriend are moaning that he doesn't do anything else nowadays but lay in the bath, and um, yeah, he doesn't even go to work and and they try to um he tr- she tries to get him to leave the bath and come out with her and Elmar gives him a bit of drugs and then he just goes mad he starts it's like screaming to himself in the bath. <laughs> it's so fucking freaky. But I guess like after this is when he goes on a date with his girlfriend. Yes, yeah, and, um, and um, I have to say though that restaurant looks quite contemporary nowadays. If you look at it, like if you look at a lot of restaurants in eighties films, they look very eighties. I thought this one looked quite modern with all the the one bare wall that's got all spray paint and stuff. It looked like something out of like the Patty Men, true. which we've got in Birmingham. So I thought it was quite cool. But like that he's so true. disinterested during this whole kind of meal because obviously he just doesn't give a shit what she's saying really no she doesn't he's not listening to her at all and then when he he's ordered like spaghetti and meatballs and when it arrives like oh, half the meatballs great. are these pulsating little brains well they keep in <laughs> one by one they keep turning into these pulsating brains and stuff yeah it's great um because he's like elmar is basically moaning that he needs more feed and he needs more food and because he's just been playing in the bath with him <laughs> instead of feeding <laughs> Um, so he wanders into town and he finds like a homeless guy doesn't he yeah um, and that's when he kind of um, yeah he then yeah he finds a homeless guy for Elmar to eat that's it yeah he it, like literally kind of finds him to eat as well and just after that he ends and that's when he ends up into the nightclub and um, people are finding him like quite enigmatically funny because he's like he's all dressed up in a suit but he's hanging out by the amps and just kind of like like dry humping the amps. But it's it's <laughs> like, clear that he likes rock music though, because his bedroom is plastered with like slayer yeah. pieces and stuff like that. But like um I found that I was I was trying to find out the name of the band that's playing. Oh yeah. And they're called the Swimming Pool Cues and they're like a New York band. Um Swimming Pool Cues. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird name. Um and like I don't know about you, whenever a band's playing, most people face the stage. <laughs> okay. But in this film, they're just like it's like a nightclub. They're just dancing in any direction, mm. and stuff like that. And like all the casting, all the people in that scene are all the casting, are all the crew. And I can imagine. Of, yeah, they all shave their heads and stuff like that. And all the crew are pretty made up of uh, filmmakers who worked on three key kind of um, New York splatter kind of movies. So one is Basket Case. Okay. The other is one called Slime City, which I haven't seen that I really do want to see. I've been trying to get hold of a copy of it. I've not heard of that. What's that about? I don't know. I just know it's called Slime City and I want to watch it. (laughs) Because it's called Slime City. That's fair. And then the other one is Street Trash, which I have seen several times. What's Um, that one? So that one's where uh, a bunch of homeless people get addicted to this kind of cheap alcohol this uh, place is trying to get rid of and sell them. But it kind of eventually makes them melt away pretty much <laughs> it's like one of those it melt movies great. a bit like um the blob or um the stuff body melt but it's um and i think i might be wrong but there's a um a lot of the film takes part place in a um uh um uh, uh like a salvage wreckage yard uh, and i think it might be the same one that's in this film earlier on, I could be wrong. Oh, okay, That's but in fair. in uh, Street Trash, there's like some um, homeless people who live in the uh, in the salvage yard. But there's like the king there, and he's got a throne and everything, and he's kind of got like two naked women that sit by him. 
It's very bizarre. And the people who work there just don't, they just kind of leave him to his own devices. Like, yeah, let's not mess with him because he's a bit nuts. It's very odd. That's, um, that was, so Street, Street Trash is directed by J. Michael Muro. Yeah. Who's the, um, cinematographer for, like, Open Range and, like, um, oh, he did, like, Rush Hour 3 and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like and, like, <laughs> apparently the original, um, uh, editor they wanted for Brain Damage, I've forgotten what his name is now, but he, uh, it turns out, like, the, the film production company, like, no, you can't hire him because he's not experienced enough. We want someone else. The mm. next film that he edited was Goodfellas. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, where are we? So yeah, yeah he's so in the, the punk club. Yeah, the punk club. Basically, I think um, I really thought at this point he was like channeling Jeffrey Coombs, who is my like. I kind of, I wish Jeffrey Coombs was playing the D character, basically, because Jeffrey Coombs isn't a fucking icon. Well, I've, I've recently think- this week I've put on I've watched. Um, uh, reanimator and um, from beyond is it from, from beyond? beyond yeah yeah and like yeah. For, for me both of those are like a double header like you're not gonna watch one or the other because like yeah there's one thing the weird thing about jeffrey combs is like he's not a bad actor at all but he's a very yeah. hammy actor yeah 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 like absolutely he, he, in he the best every way bit of the like, scenery and just choose it and yeah but he's so entertaining to watch He'll give you everything you need in that scene. And, and he knows the flavour of these films, you know. He knows the level to be at and stuff. Like, even in The Frighteners, he's great. And he's kind of that he's weird, so like, detective that's yeah. kind of... He's got all the scars of, like, all the cults that he's joined to kind mm. of infiltrate. And he's got to sit on the little rubber ring. And, <laughs> and even in Star Trek, he's great. He's yeah, wonderful he's in Star not Trek, in yeah. Lovely guys. I've met him as well. He's very Have lovely. Have you? Guy. Oh, I'm yeah. jealous. But um, I watched, like... um because I was doing those F movies in the summer so we watched I watched fear.com and like I put on fear.com and within the first five minutes they introduce you to the detective's partner who is played by Jeffrey Coombs and I'm like okay okay this has got some like this has got some energy this has got some buzz I'm up for this now I can watch Jeffrey Coombs in a shitty horror film that will make me happy he literally has about three fucking minutes of screen time and I'm like you're making like a shitty fucking horror film you get Jeffrey Coombs and you don't fucking bank on that what is wrong with you like he'll he'll make your film better because he'll give you a fucking performance like don't get it I don't get when people do stuff like that like and he's a fucking he's an icon of these like horror films in the 80s and stuff he's so good he's like a Bruce Campbell isn't he you know he's that level yeah yeah but um but like kind of like reanimated like and uh, from beyond like the the like the lighting in those like is so strong and vibrant like in this yeah. film in brain damage there's so many like like i think blue is like a big color that's used a lot in this film like uh, mm. obviously to kind of Definitely. reference the kind of the hallucinogenic drug that the little black dildo thing kind of <laughs> puts in his <laughs> in his brain but um but uh, yeah, so this nightclub he meets like a well, a young lady actually finds him or finds him interesting. Yeah, because he's got a, he's got like an energy to him, and he's yeah. weird, and he's like and a bit like odd. So he's he's got a bit he's a bit enigmatic, and I think people yeah. would be attracted to him in the clubs. I think that's like you know that's another druggy thing, isn't it? Because she comes up to him and goes, "You're fucked up, aren't you?" And he's just like, mm. Mm. <laughs> like and she's like, "Yeah, okay, this guy can party." Like it's kind of. I kind of liked it. It's kind of like it felt a bit real, 
and not so much like it wasn't banking on him being like really attractive or something like that it's just like this 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 kind of drug gives him a weird energy that people are kind of attracted to and i think you know it's like <laughs> the only way i can think about it is you know um, fun bobby and friends yeah. You know, like, so like when he's fucked up everyone's like this guy's quite fun yeah. when he's sober he's got nothing to him that's yeah. what I kind of was thinking about with this like when he's all high on Elmer's like like drugs he's like quite a, quite a fun and weird guy to be with but when he's actually quite straightened at the beginning and normal he's just got nothing to him <laughs> anyway she takes him to the rooftops and uh, well proceeds to give him oral sex but Penis but hang on, up. there's a slug in the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, like, I, I could, you know, obviously the film's telegraphing where it's going to go, but you don't yeah. expect to see it quite like you do. <laughs> That's the scene that got cut in America, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's as bad as all that, if that makes sense. Well, apparently, like, like a lot of the crew, like, just walked off set that time, but the actors were like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> Like, it's very tongue-in-cheek to me it's yeah, very it's funny very like the film's been really funny up to this point as well like i think you have to put that in context of it yeah and like a lot of but, the things it sets up it kind of like um like any kills or whatever like uh, i don't know like a a line of dialogue will stop it or something like that so it doesn't yeah. get to the really bad point i don't know Mm. But apart from this one, it doesn't. <laughs> this one is like full on. It is full on. Yeah. So it, it dives into her, her mouth and then it starts eating her brain the from the inside, the inside out. Yes. And then, it, but it's the recall when it comes like so basically, yeah. it is like a full on porno shot of like this thing in yeah. the mouth just going back and forth. And then it kind of recalls back in, but all this globby stuff comes out of her mouth. <laughs> And then it like leaves like a, a remnants on his like on his crotch as it goes back inside of his pants, and you're like, oh. And it's like you know, it's pants, probably I know what, where it's come from. It's probably what we used to use when we made horror films, which was like rice pudding and food coloring. You know? Yeah, it's just like yeah. lobby gloopy stuff. That's... And I like this because like Elmar's like fucking high at this point as well. And he's like, he's like, we'll eat, <laughs> we'll get hookers. I'll eat a million of them or something. <laughs> Like, it goes full-on, like, mad. And that's when the old man comes back in, Morris, who um, tries to reclaim Elmar and yeah, he's tries taken, to kill for him. Well, Brian's taken off his, his pants because they're, like, covered in blood. So he, like, takes his trousers off and puts his pants in the bin. And then, yeah, that's when he meets the old man. Who kind of... He delivers a lot of exposition, which I don't think we particularly needed. But, they um, call it the Maltese Falcon bit because it's like very yes heavy. <laughs> it really was it's like and this they're saying that elmar's been through history been like at the side of kings and and yeah. something and i don't yeah whatever they give they give a lot of law um to this slug dildo thing <laughs> like, about how it's uh well, yeah about it, how it, we found it and tracked it down and stuff like that yeah and he wants to come back, and um, Elmar's just main, moaning that Morris just keeps him weak on animal brains, and and um, convinces Brian that like uh, it's kind of weird. He convinces Brian that some of the awful memories he's had, because Brian can't really remember everything that's happening because he's high all the time. Yeah. So he conv- he tells him like all those memories are have are um, 
um, they're fine and they didn't really happen anyway kind of thing. You just kind of like, just ignore that. It's great. We're having a good time. It doesn't really matter. Like, and Brian now is starting to kind of cotton on to the fact that this slug thing is killing people around him. He doesn't really get it until then. I think because he's not meant to be, he's meant to be high out of his mind. Um, no, but that's no. when Elmar kind of turns on him. Which I thought I mean, was really cool. I was going to say though, do you know what other film it kind of reminded me of a little bit? A uh, little shop of horrors, kind of. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah, how yeah, yeah. you know, you know, it starts killing people and stuff like that, and kind of, you know, uh, what's it? What's written around his character in that? Um, Seymour. Seymour. Yeah, Seymour starts to become famous, and like that's where that's like his high in it is like he becomes he starts to become somebody, and he you know he he wins the affection of the girl and stuff, but like. Yeah, but like the the plant is kind of like a parasite to him, isn't he? And kind of yeah, I thought it was quite. And I, I kind of want to see a musical of brain damage. You know, we've already got <laughs> one song in it already, so we're halfway there. Well, that, that's a bit now because this point is when like they're kind of trapped in that horrible hotel room, and he's telling Brian that like you know you're mine now, Brian. You're gonna do anything I want you to do because. You are going to start begging me for my drugs well before I need to feed again. Yeah, and um, I kind of like how sinister it is. I really do. Like, this I like how great. evil like Elmar is at this point. Um, and when he's just basically been a joke until this point, really. I mean, a joke that's killing people, but still. Um, and like the kind of one the song, but two the kind of scene when Brian's hallucinating about like um, you know, he's pulling that tendril it's out of like his the- ear body horror thing isn't it it's just never yeah. ending like one of those like clown things pulling like the, the rope out like the ribbon out that's never ending yeah and, and then all like, of a sudden it falls just, off and then as his ear falls off blood. it just gushes blood everywhere and like it's um it's really cool it's really funny you know, it's really it's cool great. though and and at that point like he kind of succumbs to Elmar doesn't he and he's just like um look I'll, I'll and he ends up begging Elmar to to give him more drugs and they'll go feed. Like the makeup's great though on him, I think, because he looks so sinewy and kind of yeah, like pasty, sickly and yeah, thin and weird. And Elmar's kind of just like taunting him and singing and sitting in that little sink. Like, this this hotel is one of those proper grotty like hotels. <laughs> like oh, like it's like you know that one where that girl probably you know she died unfortunately you know um, in America the. Um, mm. Cecil. The Cecil. It's kind of you imagine it was like one of those kind of hotels. A bit, yeah. 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 Proper Skid Row hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, and uh, then we have the most homoerotic scene ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's does he go to a gay bathhouse or is he just managed to find? No, I think it's a communal shower in this hotel. Yeah, I think it's a gay bathhouse. I'm sure it's meant to be a gay bathhouse. I don't think so. Yeah, but that's what communal showers sometimes were. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. All I know, I just think it was in the hotel. That's. I just, I just think the muscly guy is expecting someone to, to hook up. I think, right. and he's, and he's the muscly guy is kind of weirded out by the fact that this guy is being such a creep, and that's why he keeps saying back to him, like, you know, don't worry, man, no one will bother you here, kind of thing. He keeps trying to like encourage him and relax and relax Brian as he's showering and Brian's just standing about two feet behind him just staring at him <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I was just watching it going oh please don't 
please nothing happen i don't want i don't want like an anal thing going on now i don't need that and it doesn't it doesn't actually go there which i thought was quite weird like it's it's because it's had so much sexual violence in the film from elmar already you know the hooker scene i expect you you kind of your mind goes to the fact that it's going to be kind of homo homosexual like sexual violence it's kind of funny that it doesn't quite go there um but it's kind of funny how the film makes you think that like the film knows you think you're thinking that as well which i just thought was quite no quite good i guess like it was a good use of that scene anyway just funny it definitely goes there anyway um but instead of the big muscly guy he ends up finding a guy going to the toilet instead and i kind of love that kill because there's just blood spraying yeah, you all over the cubicle. Yeah, it's just kind of over the top of the, the toilet <laughs> yeah. stall. It's just spraying everywhere like reckless abandon. Brian's kind of like kind of like leaning over going like almost like trying to shush it down, you know, <laughs> like trying to like shh, shh to all catch us. And there's like just blood spurting over the top of the cubicle and up the walls and like Yeah, it's, it was great. It's good. And again, it's, it's good. just like an, the the thing just like implanted, embedded in the skull of the guy, and he's just kind of flailing about for a bit, flailing everywhere. And then you get to the point, basically, like he goes back home, and at that point, his brother and his girlfriend have got together, and Brian's just completely checked out. He doesn't care. He doesn't even it barely even registers to him. He thinks it's a good thing, you know. Like it's um. He tries to like rambling, rambling, like rambly kind of explain Elmar to them, um, which obviously makes no sense to this two that aren't aware of anything that's going on. And he's just like, he, he, I didn't know he was eating brains, but now he needs to eat brains and he gives me these drugs that I can't live without or something like that. And it's the most rambly kind of weird explanation. No one could possibly like kind of understand. Um, but he just kind of after like, half explain himself he kind of just bails on them doesn't he and uh, tries to leave them I think he said like he goes like it it won't matter who you are I think is what he keeps saying to them like it won't matter who you are you'll you know he'll kill you kind of thing it doesn't matter who you are to me like yeah so then she follows him to the subway doesn't she yeah and then he puts Amor in his mouth you don't quite see it, but like he suggests that he, for some reason he puts it in his mouth. Oh, we've missed a scene yeah. as well where Amar is just like kind of like Brian's lying in bed and Amar's just kind of like in his crotch area just moving around, <laughs> <laughs> which made me laugh. But anyway, so yeah, he's put Amar in his mouth and so he's, his girlfriend's chatting to him on the subway. But every time just before they pass under a bridge or whatever, when it goes dark, you see Amar like popping out of his mouth, bats wanting to so attack her. <laughs> Those effects are pretty bad. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Like every time she looks away, he opens his mouth and it kind of goes like... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so badly animated. It's so weird. It's so weird. And then like she looks back and it just dies back into his mouth again. Yeah. Like, but it's really unclear at this point how much Brian's aware of anything. Yeah, like he seems completely checked out, um, and she's trying to like, um, she's trying to kind of uh, like talk to him and explain serious issues and like try and like connect to him. And Brian's not really there anymore. 
I think is the best way to put it. Like, he's not really responding to her. He's just a vessel, really, for Harry Morris. Yeah. And, um, but she leans over to kiss him, and that's a mistake because there's a slug thing in his mouth. Well, hang on. Before <laughs> that, some of the people enter onto the, the subway cart. Um, oh, one yeah. of them happens to be holding a big wicker basket. Yeah, where have we seen this wicker basket before? But it's the same actor, <laughs> and it's the, you know it's it's meant to be the character. The same basket. basket. Right? Yeah. It's the same basket as well. <laughs> well, apparently they, they couldn't find the right basket at first, and it took them a while to track down the, bas- the, the <laughs> really? basket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I recognise the actor from Basket Case. Actually, he's very like um, uh, identifiable. What's his guy's yeah, name again? Name? Is it Kevin? Is it? Va- Kevin something? Kevin um, Van. Henton Reich, Henton Reich, with I'm terrible at pronouncing. Yep, that's so, what it is. Whatever you yeah. say it is, is what it is. Kevin Van Henton. Henterick. Henterick. His yeah. name is Dwayne, um, Dwayne Bradley in the film. Okay. But kind of, he's just a very really identifiable guy, like with his big hair and like kind of sunken features in his face. Like he's, apparently, they there's a wig in this. Like apparently, he cut all his hair off, and they're like, ah, oh, shit. So that's a stick a wig on his head. That's a stick a wig on him for the very important cameo. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't even have it open up a little bit or something. No, it's just he sits on the train and he he's ba- can he does he see Elmar pop out and go blah blah blah? I can't Is that what he's seeing? That. But um, basically gives him a bit of an eye and goes, mm, that's weird, and gets off the subway. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a lady as well that's because they're watching as he's making out with her. Yeah. Well, they're not. Well, Amos obviously entered in through her head. Yeah. Into the brain. She gave him. I was quite shocked, if I'm honest. I didn't quite expect them to kill the girlfriend that readily, readily on the train. Like, I expected a bit. I, I expected it would have had something more to it or something. Yeah, like, no, I agree. Like they would have got off the the subway, she would have followed him, and even more in the yeah, she would have been involved maybe, in the final scene. Yeah, that, I definitely yeah. expected to be involved in whatever the final thing was. Definitely, um, and but it was very quite. I think it was quite effective, honestly. Yeah. The way like she leans in to kiss him, and then you know she's screaming as like. Elmar's eating her brain and it's just, and Brian's just completely checked out at this point he's not even really feeling her dying it feels very hopeless it feels very like nihilistic it feels very like pathetic it's and not something I'm quite used to in these kind of exploitation like sla- like um what do you call them like uh um big shock kind of horrors yeah it's yeah. it's it was much more of a kind of like nuance to that kind of horror that I was expecting, basically. And I just thought it was... I did think it was quite effective. Well, I think it, maybe it got because, to me. aside from the thing popping out of his mouth before that, it was kind of... Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't effects-heavy or anything like that. It was just literally she had blood in her mouth and, like... Yeah. It's just a bit more yeah. visceral in that way. It just feels a bit more realistic and a bit more horrific, like, you know. It's yeah, like, it does. It bounces know. between those kind of different elements of, like, shock... You know, the big, loud, you know, splatter stuff and the stupid humour, which I genuinely found funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And then, like, the, um... It has a bit of a... A bit of a pathos, a bit of a scary kind of, like, core to it as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, the scene that follows this is this back in the courtyard then now, and... 
and he's it's the old couple, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he's attacked uh, by the old. The, the, old the old couple come back to reclaim Elmar and Elmar's just at full strength now yeah. um, <laughs> he's like just killing it and uh, nothing can like the he just does he attack the older lady first and he jumps on her head and well, there's, another, there's another guy isn't there that gets killed I think who gets shot isn't there oh yeah yeah really sure kind of like probably like as a not a landlord or whatever but like a person who works around the the apartment block or something. I can't remember. There's someone who gets who gets shot or whatever. But yeah, the old lady gets killed first, and then I think he attacks the old man, but doesn't quite kill the old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically hold, hold him up at gunpoint and try and steal him back, but as soon as the old lady gets her, she jumps on her and feeds on his brain. And um, and then after like it jumps on the old man's neck, Brian kind of interrupts him feeding and he's like begs him for more like yeah. juice for more like hallucinogenic juice and so Elmar does that um, and then as like as Elmar's feeding him drugs the old guy gets up again squeezes and, um, him <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just grabs Elmar doesn't he and just starts squeezing him and squeezing him and squeezing him until he basically pops um, I do like that scene though where um is Brian's back in his bedroom and like I think he sees his, his brother's like what's what's happening and then all of a sudden his head like explodes and just well it doesn't explode it's because well, um, lights pouring out of his head like a yeah it's because yeah, he it's shoots like, himself doesn't he? he tries to kill himself oh, yeah, but he he's shoots had like himself. but he's had like basically because like Elmar was on his head when the old man was crushing him it kind of forced in all yeah, of like Elmar's like juice. hallucinogenic drugs into his brain. And then when he gets back to his room, he's got a huge cyst on the side of his oh, head that's, that's like it, just, yeah. just like full of all of this like hallucinogenic drugs. So he basically points a gun at it, and he fires, and it and it explodes. But then when it cuts back to Brian, instead of that being blood or brains, it's just light, just light energy like pouring out of it. It's great. Yeah, broken, broken up head, like almost like an egg cracked open or something. Yeah, yeah. With like electricity firing everywhere, and the police are outside and stuff like that, and that is just literally how it ends. Like, there's no, that's it. Just, just a kind of like end, like a very kind of like uh, tales of the crypt type ending to me. Well, I mean, like, like I was saying to you that the first cut was like sixty five minutes. It just shows that this could have been a tales from the crypts like sixty. Yeah, it could have short film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely uh, could. Have. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's not been remade or anything because I think it's a genuine a, a, a little gem. I really did enjoy it. Do you think it's a gem? I agree. I absolutely agree. I was not expecting to just like it as much as I did. I'm not expecting to find as much in it as I, I did as well. Like, um, and just, I just think like that's the amount of character they put into the little into Amor. I think is just it. It just make it just makes it work, you know. Had yes. they had it not yeah. been, like, oh, we missed one great scene as well, like where Brian's um, hallucinating and um, he kind of has like all the kind of suction pads on him, and there's like a three way with his brother and his girlfriend and him, isn't there, or something like that? I don't think I remember that. It must have gone out of my head. Do, do you remember? So he, he pictures himself with all the. Um, the suction pads on his chest and stuff like uh, showing that they're yeah. both becoming like one more so yeah 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 yeah. 
No, you're right. The the um the effort they put into Elma is what makes it work. Like just the physicality of that puppet and the animatronics and stop motion when they use it and the detail and stuff like that makes that character so full. Um and a weird a weird threat, you know, a weird character and something really memorable. I've got that dialogue scene, by the way, that one I've been trying to remember. Oh, go on then. So it goes, when it comes to blood in my underwear, I want to know how it got there. And he goes, it's no big deal. Nothing to get upset about. It came from a girl at the club. What girl? That girl whose brains I ate. What? The blood came from the girl whose brains I sucked out. You sucked out her brains? Yeah, right through her mouth. Is she dead? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that's brilliant. It it is a a well-written film, and it's just... you know, just a very tight script that kind of there's no fat on it or anything like that. It's very no, very concise. It's just a really enjoyable watch. And if you go to HMV, it's only seven ninety nine on Blu-ray at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's not the easiest film to find, which well, is I mean, a shame. You can get it. I in know. The shop has it got an think. arrow release or something? Yeah, I've got it in my hand right here. Oh, awesome! The cover's great. It's kind of got Brian like kind of like just he's got doing the happy face from when he's in the nightclub. And it's just got Amar like <laughs> popping over his back. But there's a, like I just love those close-ups of his jaw opening. It's like sliding yeah. down. It's almost like one of those old phones, you know, the ones from like the the Matrix. That kind of yeah, sure. Down. It's yeah. like that. And yeah. then all these little spikes come out and just like loads of little like tendrils kind of. <laughs> yeah, these little around. weird tiny teeth and tendrils and. It's those eyes like, though, dude. Walls. Like they're just. <laughs> they're like little doll's eyes <laughs> I should, it's worth saying as well like the, the guys that did the visual effects on this went on to have a huge career in Hollywood as well did they? Um, they did a lot of different stuff um, I need to um, you might, I can't pull up their names from the top of my head but they ended up ended up working quite extensively throughout like different things which I just think is cool like which I think you can tell the guys knew what they were doing when you watched this. Like, yeah, sure. No, it was, it was a great film. I really enjoyed it. So, what would you give it out of? Out of five. I don't know why I rated it. Actually, I wonder what I put down because I probably wouldn't give it five out of five, even though I kind of might as well have it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just it like just well, does what it's supposed well, to do. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, what can? What would you criticize that for? What do you like? Why would you bother? But I don't know why. I can't remember why. I think I, I'm happy with a four, and it's like a good solid four out of five. How did I not log it? I don't know. What? Oh, I Get it logged. It, Doesn't count oh unless God. it's logged. No. The gods of Letterboxd are going to yell at me. <laughs> I think it's a, it's an absolute solid four for me. Yeah. Like It really is. Like I'm just, every, every, just fine. <laughs> I think it's good. I love Elmar. I, was, I, I just I couldn't believe how much I just enjoyed watching it. And I love you know I love like Tales from the Crypt. I love those kind of anthology horror shows. I they're some of my favourite TV actually. Um, and uh, the kind of stupid puppetry and morale tales and stuff like that in horror is I love that kind of stuff. And this has all that. And it does feel like a bit of a feature length kind of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, 100%. Which, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's to its credit for me. This is nice, no insult whatsoever. I think that's to its absolute credit. So, yeah, I loved it. 
Thank you, James. I can't believe I never heard of this before. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it as well. Yeah. So this is like the first part in our little horror season. So I think we're going to go back all the way to the 30s, I think, for the next one. Have you decided what we're yeah. going to watch yet? I think one of the... We'll do a classic Universal. Yeah, I think, like, And, you know, we're bridging our 80s to our 30s series with the, That's good. the yeah, horror I like, season. I like it. Is, that works. That works. I like it. Which like is fun. It. So um, I let's we could do bride of frankenstein i would i I haven't seen that so i'd definitely like to watch that i i have seen it but it's a special season it's a season (laughs) for horror it is and i wouldn't mind watching it again so pumpkin so we could go back and (laughs) yeah pumpkin spices and all the rest i ran out of words it's late And uh, thank you very much for everyone listening out there. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on whatever you listen to us on. Uh, You can reach out to us on Twitter. We are at AdjustYourTrack. That's with a YR, not a YOR. And yeah, don't forget, if the pitch is bad, always adjust your tracking.